Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, g'day, Osha here. Thanks for listening. This is Better Than Yesterday. This is a podcast that is here to make your day-to-day better than it was yesterday, something that you hear on this show, and every show will do just that. Um, we've been here since 2013, having conversations with people from all over the world, from all walks of life, some of them experts in their field, and every one of those conversations will leave you with something that helps you feel a little bit better than you did the day before. That's it. It's conversations that go all the way back. Nine years now. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, I'm here. Mondays, Wednesdays with a guest. Fridays, I'm here with you. My name's Osha. I'm a Osha Ginsberg. Hi. Nice to see you. I'm a TV host. I'm a podcaster. I'm an author. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm an electric vehicle enthusiast. Um, what else am I? I'm a, a watcher of the television show Severance and someone who goes, oh. Because uh, Ben Still is an extraordinary director. What else am I? I am a, so, currently someone who's not so fussy about kicking the dogs off the bed because it's fucking cold in Sydney <laughs> and, and Australian housing standards are shit. So it's really uh, cold in our house and the dogs keep me warm. And I'm grateful to be here. If you want to get in touch with me, super easy. Send us your email at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Osher underscore Ginsburg. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to Dad Pod. New episodes every Thursday. New episodes are with Charlie Clawson, my delightful mate, Charlie Clawson. We both became dads around the same time and we've been making a podcast for about three years now. And um, this episode, this week's, is with Karina Savage, who's a pediatric dietitian and really, really helped Charlie and I out with, you know, kid needs to be fed. Kids are hungry. What do you do when the we're in full food refusal. How do we get around that? And um, she offered some really, really great advice. And uh, I hope you enjoy that. You can just find Dad Pod wherever you find your podcasts. I'm back in Sydney, as I mentioned, but I was up on the Gold Coast last week working. And I found myself the other day, I had the car and I went to go get Wolfie from daycare. And I was got in the car and everything was great. It was a beautiful, sunny Gold Coast day. It was warm in the sun. It was cold in the shade. It's 20 degrees. Fucking perfect, mate. And I just found myself on the edge of tears and I couldn't figure it out. It's like, what's going on? Everything's awesome. You know, there's every HSV, you know, V8 in the world, every set of traffic lights that don't stop at red lights. That's okay. People make their own choices. But, you know, everything's fine. Life's incredible. Sun's shining. 
I went and picked up Wolfie. Wolf's having a great time. He's stoked to see me. He gives me a big hug when I get him from daycare. Oh, my body hurt. My body felt icky. My skin's crawling. I want to cry. Life's amazing. What's going on? Why are my hands shaking? Why is my hip pain flaring up? What the fuck is happening here? And I couldn't figure it out because something's going on. My guy, David, used to always ask me, well, what else is going on? So I start to ask myself, what else is going on? What else is going on? Similar to asking why five times. What else is going on? So I started to go, what else is going on? Is it work? Well, there's a bit of stuff there. No, it's not that. Is it me and Audrey? Uh, being married is a daily thing? Uh, no, it's not that. Is it my family? Is it my brothers? Is it my whatever? What's going on? Is it my mates? What, what, no, no, no. Down the list, down the list. I went all the way down to that morning. I was having my coffee and I was reading the news like I read the news when I had my coffee in the morning, and I read about the constitutional right to abortion being overturned in America. Oh, that's what it was. The enormous, shattering agony that a country which so many of my friends and family live in, work in, call their home, have all of their mates and relatives living there that this country would do something as draconian as throw back women's rights. Not just half a century, probably way longer than that. It just, oh my goodness. It had, it shook me and still shakes me to my core. And that's what it was. There was a time in my life when all I wanted to do was live in America. And eventually I did. And I did well. I dare say that for a while, I lived the immigrant dream. But I couldn't get around once I lived there for a little while and I got to know the nuances of the society a little more. I couldn't get around that the central definition of humanity, which should hopefully bind a community despite their ideological differences, that central definition of humanity was so completely fractured. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen here in Australia. It most definitely does. I'll talk about that in a moment. But the schisms that exist between the community and the states, the systemic ways in which those schisms are enshrined in the way that the country works, how the systems work, how you go about getting a driver's license or getting a job or opening a bank account, how you go to the doctor, those sorts of things. They're enshrined in how that country sees itself. And then how those systems are designed to prevent the community from coming together and moving forward together, it was eventually just too much for me. And again, it happens here. Our community is divided geographically, culturally, by skin colour, by ethnicity, by age, by sexual orientation, by gender. It does happen here, but not to the level that I saw there. And I couldn't get around how so much of one part of the community just almost refused to acknowledge the agency, the humanity, the human rights of another part of the community, like as if that person's not even human. I left America seven years ago, 2015. I gave back my green card. It, it took me years and thousands of dollars. I, don't, I did not want it anymore. I came back to my home country of Australia to find a conservative government under Tony Abbott playing with the dangerous political weapons that the Americans had been playing with, trying to use religion, race, women's rights, as wedges to drive us apart as a community so as to gain political power. It's a common play from the conservative side of politics. 
Now, the scary thing for me is over my life, I'm old, I'm 48. The scary thing for me is over my lifetime, I've noticed that Australia can get infected by American political messaging. Our cultures are so incredibly different. Yes, we both speak English, but the, the way that we see ourselves and the values that are at the core of who we are as a community are so different. But the dissemination of that American political messaging through the meme space, the podcast space, the US-based tech companies that you and I use every day, over the years since I've been back, I've noticed, and you've noticed it, it's had more and more influence over our political discourse, the polarization of our politics, so to speak. This is incredibly dangerous. We're a sovereign nation. And to be infected with a value system that is similar enough to our own that it's kind of relatable, yet isn't based on the values that brought us as a country, the country of Australia, that brought us as this country to where we are. That is something to be extraordinarily wary of and something that we need to defend against. In fact, we actually have to be proactive to prevent those values and ideas that are so different from our own from influencing us here, which is why Roe versus Wade being overturned is such a massive deal, okay? Because the playbook used by conservative governments there can be used, you may agree that it has already been used, I would say yes, can be used as a blueprint for actions in other countries, including this one. The momentum required to get the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade was enormous. I'm talking years and years of pressure and work and putting, you know, extraordinarily conservative judges in that spot over time got them to this point. It's like a years, if not decades long affair here. And to think that that court will stop at abortion is to be naive. The part of the constitution, as far as I understand it, the part of the constitution that allowed Roe versus Wade to work was related to an individual's right to privacy. The thing is that that same precedent was used to get the right for women to access birth control, the right for marriage equality to happen for people who of the same gender to get married and be seen equal in the, in the eyes of the law. Now, because Roe versus Wade has now been overturned, things like access to birth control in the States, things like marriage equality are now in absolute peril, complete jeopardy. All of those things, many more, are probably, unfortunately, likely to be revoked. And this is harrowing, harrowing. The feeling in my body driving around the other day, it was an agony, it was a grief for the women I know who are there, who have the lives that they have, the success that they have, because they were able to choose not only who they would like to bring a child into the world with, but when. The men and women I know there that are in loving, wonderful, same-sex marriages with beautiful families, with children who are loved beyond measure, those men and women are now in peril of their marriage being seen as illegal and you know as well as I do, that doesn't stop there. It stops at complete discrimination across the society. For goodness sake, women are deleting period trackers off their phones in the States for fear that tracking their own ovulation could one day be used as evidence against them. You know, this is 2022 in the richest, most militarily powerful country on the planet. Now, I don't vote in the US. You may be listening from there. Maybe you do. But if you're in Australia 
and you're enrolled to vote, you vote here. I vote here. And part of the reason that Roe versus Wade was overturned, because, and this is the thing, even when the Democrats had eight straight years in office, when Obama was in power, they had the chance. They knew it was standing on shaky ground. They had the chance to lock in the constitutional rights of women to access health care, including abortion, including contraception, but they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They knew it was on shaky ground. They didn't enshrine it, make it watertight, make it bulletproof. They didn't do it. They saw the paddock gate open and they left the paddock gate open. We absolutely cannot let that happen here. We must, absolutely must contact our MPs, perhaps your newly elected MP. Make sure they know that women's access to safe and affordable reproductive health care is non-negotiable. Now, as far as I'm concerned, this is, just, this is just me talking. As far as I'm concerned, abortion needs to be free and on demand. Contraception needs to be free and on demand. Long-term contraception needs to be free and on demand. End of story. When I was 19, I was dating someone who was a little younger than me. One night, the condom broke. Happens. The next morning, we drove to the GP. The GP prescribed the morning after pill. She took the morning after pill. The two of us kind of got through the next couple of days because it can be a bit rough. But the life I have now is because I had access to that choice. If I became an unexpected dad at the age of 19, I would not have the life I have now. There's no way. She was younger than me. She would, she would have had a very different life, you know? And the thing is, that happened, that's happened more than once across my life in short-term relationships and long-term relationships. I'm talking relationships I've been in for years at a time. Hormonal birth control doesn't work for everyone, so condoms have been a part of my life since uh, pretty much all the way until I had a vasectomy, all right? Condoms have been a part of my life. Occasionally, condoms break. They just do. You can do everything right and a condom can break. I have been in long-term relationships. I'm talking, I've been with someone for years and a condom broke and we're gone you know what, now's probably not a great time. You're here with work, I'm there with work, we're, we're renting, we're here, maybe, maybe this isn't the best thing to do right now. Off we went to the doctor. And that's happened more than once in my life. And the life that I have now and those women who they now have kids in their lives, but they got to choose when they had those kids and who with and when. There's no way I would have the life that I have now with two amazing children, the career that I just can't even believe is real, if I did not have access to that, all right? And that's just a, from my male, cis, white, male, straight, middle-class perspective, all right? But I'll tell you now, you know, you already know someone who's had an abortion. They'll never tell you, but you know someone. I'm telling you right now, you know somebody. Could be your sister, your mum, your boss, your wife, anyone. They have the life they have now because they had a choice. The women in my life that I know who have disclosed to me that they've had an abortion, they'd be nowhere near where they are were it not for the ability to choose whether or not to go through with a pregnancy, all right? Equally so, you know women who have chosen to go ahead with an unexpected pregnancy. You know men who've been a part of that too. I know both women and men who have gone, oh, wow, I've known this person for 18 hours and now I'm going to be a dad and gone, okay. 
and they have amazing lives, all right? That's incredible relationships with their kids. There's women I know that have, have done this and they went ahead with it and their lives are fantastic and their kids are amazing and they everything's amazing because they had that choice. They had the choice. Now, abortion in Australia largely is decriminalised, but it is pretty much a roll of the dice as to where you live, which controls your ability to access what is a vital part of healthcare. Medical abortions in Australia are available up to the ninth week of pregnancy. It's a combination of two separate pills prescribed by a GP and dispensed by a pharmacy. However, there's doctors who won't prescribe it. They object to the idea that they can and they don't. There are pharmacists that won't dispense it. It's unethical, but it happens. Go to another doctor, go to another pharmacy. Tough luck if that's the only doctor that you've got access to the only pharmacy that you've got access to, you don't have transport, you can't afford to get transport, we absolutely, absolutely must put pressure on our MPs to stop this from happening. We need to get the availability and the right to access women's reproductive health stamped into every law and every code of practice wherever we can. Because And I'll tell you this, back to what I was talking about before, the anti-choice movement in Australia is heavily funded by the conservative religious right in the USA. When I worked in Brisbane, the radio station I worked at was two doors down from a clinic where abortions would happen. And there were people out the front every day with signs, holding up big signs. And those signs had American spellings on them. This is in the 90s, man, okay? People from the clinic would have to go out to the cars and walk the patients in to get past the protesters. And the signs were with American spellings, you know, colour with no U, et cetera. This is, this is 95, 96. This shit's still happening, all right? The anti-choice movement in Australia is heavily funded by the conservative religious right in the US. And those values, there may be people who are that conservative in our community to that level. I'm sure there are, but it's not the majority. Goodness, no. Given this recent win in the States for the conservative religious right, just watch for a huge increase in that kind of language, that anti-choice language through memes, articles, disinformation. It's like the same vaccine bullshit we're dealing with, with for two years, but watch now, just watch. We have to move and we have to move now. We have to defend ourselves from this now, immediately. We have to get this done the moment parliament returns. If you've ever had sex, man or woman, and you've had sex and not become pregnant, you've got the life that you have now because you had the choice to become pregnant or not, whether you used contraception or whether you used, had an abortion, whatever. And the research is clear. Like If you think about it from the outcomes economically, the research is clear. Women who have the right to choose when to have children through either contraception or abortion, the positive impacts on the community at large are just staggering. Rates of higher education in women increases. Enrollment in university and graduation from university increases. Women's career outcomes improve by basically delaying when they choose to have a child, allowing them, I guess, time to build up that, you know, like, what do you call it when you've been in industry for a while and you kind of learn a bunch of stuff and you kind of rise up, human capital, when you rise up the ranks, Okay. And you go, okay, I'm going to, now is when I'm going to have a kid. I've reached this level here. And you go on mat leave, you come back and boom, you know, you're not having to start from scratch. 
the, God, the available workforce increases because younger women aren't at home looking after kids. Younger women are able to put hours in. And the wages, my God, wages, women's wages in their 30s and 40s increase because of the aforementioned going to university and graduating to university. The choice to delay childbirth means that, you know, you can go to university, you can graduate university and benefit from that education through your career path in your 30s and 40s and, and wages go up. Women who have access to these things have a lower risk of living in poverty and children who end up getting born into households which have parents that have the higher education leads to a decrease in the likelihood that those children will live in poverty. So it breaks the poverty cycle. We cannot allow access to vital women's health care to be in peril in Australia. We cannot allow our country's values, a country which clearly is in favour of choice, we cannot allow this to be influenced and coerced by what is happening in another country. And to make sure this happens today, please call, email, go visit your MP. They're probably someone new. Um, they might not be, but call them. Doesn't matter what side of politics you're on, this affects you. If you've enjoyed having sex and and just even that, if you've just enjoyed having sex and not been pregnant from it, this affects you. Get in touch with your MP, state, local, federal, whatever. Let them know. <laughs> Arm the doors and cross-check. <laughs> Remove whatever barriers there are. Make this watertight. Free, on-demand, reproductive healthcare has to be enshrined in our country. It should be like walking into a GP when you're feeling unwell and getting antibiotics from your GP and getting dispensed those antibiotics by the pharmacist, it should be like that. Or, I don't know, cutting your arm, arm open and expecting like, well, of course I'll go and get stitched up at the hospital. It should be like that level of no-brainer. This is healthcare. It is nothing else. It's healthcare. It must be shored up. It must be reinforced. It must be made watertight across our country of Australia. Sorry, I've been ranting for a while. It's been building up for a bit. I just had to think about how to say it out loud because I was a bit all over the shop. Sorry, my heart rate's up. I've got a bit excited. I'm fucking furious, man. I'm fucking furious, and I'm sure you are too. And I'm so worried about my friends and my family. But action, action is the pathway. We've got to take action. Get in touch with your representative. Let them know. Let them know today. I've got to take this call. Hey, babe, I'm just finishing up the podcast. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all right, baby. Can I, can I call you back in five? Yeah, sure. Love you, honey. Bye. The voice of the lady you just heard and I, we have the life we have because we were able to choose when we were going to have Wolfie, okay? It's that. It's that. And that has to be enshrined. All women across the country, no matter where you're from, no matter how you grew up, no matter who you know, has to happen. End of story. It might take us a while to get there. It's like renewable energy, you know? <laughs> it's going to take us a while, but we can't let perfect be the enemy of good. We just have to move towards it. Just move towards it, move towards it, move towards it. Look for solutions. Try not to look for things that, to get angry about. Try to look for things that, how can we find a solution that makes as many people as possible have the best possible outcome? And that's what we're looking at here. All right, I've got a jet. I've got to call my wife back. I'm going to see you on Monday. Oh my God, Monday, we're going to speak with Yasmin Abdul-Magid. It is fucking excellent, amazing conversation. She's great. We speak from London. It's a heartbreaking conversation, but it's an excellent conversation. And um, 
I can't wait for you to hear it. I really can't. Thanks for being uh, with me today. I know it was a long one, but I, rep- I really appreciate it. Thanks, Andy, for cutting this up. Thank you, Bree, who works with the show on research and support. Thank you for um, to Rachel Barrett, my EP, for um, running everything. Thanks to Toehider on the music. Um, look after yourself and, um, yeah, sleep well if you can and try to dream of beautiful things. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.